0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. NW265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: that would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God
2: bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best selling author, 20 year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, the Jay Barker Show.
1: Well, no one's entitled to anything, you know, on our team, so. You know, the message to every player every day, regardless of what the competitive circumstances at his position is, you're trying to create value for yourself. You're trying to be the best player that you can be. There shouldn't be any external factors that determine how you go about that. And if you're really a true competitor, you don't need somebody to be competing for your job because you're competing with yourself to be the best version of yourself that you can be relative to whatever you choose to do in your life. So it just happens to be football that you're playing right now. So hopefully you're going out there every day and competing to play well. And in most cases, if I see guys that I don't think are doing that, we put somebody else in. Um, That's the one way to get the message across that You're not entitled to play unless you do things the way you're capable of doing them.
3: That was Nick Saban, and as we get what, three days away from Alabama, kicking it off at 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network against Utah State, some of his uh, final thoughts uh, about this team as they head into the game this weekend. we have Hey coach coming up tomorrow night as well, and uh, you can hear all that right here on Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station across the network, and uh, a lot to get to today. we got a great guest lineup for you coming up. We'll tell you what that is here in just one second. Today is National Outside Eat- Eating Day, so Eat Outside Day, I guess is what they call it, so uh, we'll Let's find out whether or not Lars and Matt will be a part of that. And uh, we got some other things to jump into here in just one second. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. Top Golf of Birmingham is great for family, friends, coworkers. They do a lot of parties, a lot of charity events as well that they raise a ton of money for in local community uh, charities all throughout the state as well with Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. And uh, you'll absolutely love the folks there. They can help you out finding that brand-new F-150 or any Ford truck or car that you need or SUV. Get out to Sunny King Ford. All right, a lot to get into today as far as uh, what we got lineup-wise. Uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on, we got Roger Hoover here just about to what, uh, probably 10 minutes, if a little bit uh, sooner than that. Tim Brenda is going to join us. At 12.30, we got Chris Stewart joining us at 1.45. We'll get his take on calling the game this weekend for Eli Gold. And also coming up at 1.15, the new head coach for the UAB Blazers, Coach Brian Vincent, will join us and talk about their matchup coming up tomorrow night as well at Protective uh, Stadium. So a lot to get into, guys. Good afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well.
4: Terrific.
5: Doing good, doing good. Uh we're getting back into the the rhythm of the normal college football week. And uh, this morning, Nick Saban uh, had his weekly teleconfer- teleconference call with reporters, his first one of the 2022 season. And uh, he's very positive, very upbeat. Uh, discussed uh, in particular the cornerback position, uh, defensive line position, and at, at corner um, you know, I, I even though Kool Aid McKinstry and uh, Eli Ricks are listed at one side, I think eventually, once Eli Ricks is a is a hundred percent and has a good grasp of the defense and what they're trying to do would not be surprised you see both those guys on the field at the same time and uh, and, and, and coach Saban had uh, good things to say about his corners and also on the defensive line he really uh, touted uh, Tim Smith and and Jamil Burroughs uh, as two guys who were just sort of leading the pack at, at, uh, at defensive end on that first de- uh, on that first depth chart for the Crimson Tide and uh, in particular, Kind of went on and on about Smith and a really good camp that he's had. And uh, he, uh, he, he did four reallys when he was talking about Smith. He's done a really, really good job and he's played really, really well. So uh, four reallys translates into an impressive, I would say, uh, camp performance, Matt.
6: I'm really interested to uh, get more information about Jaheim Otis, this freshman that Dalcourt said he's never seen an offensive lineman built like him. He came into Tuscaloosa weighing 400 pounds. Defensive on, yeah. lineman. Lars. Defensive lineman. 400 pounds.
5: Yeah, he, he's a big boy. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I think I, I, I've seen this a little bit on social media, um, Jay, just he, how he's so quickly transformed his body. And, uh, and under the guidance of of the weight staff, the nutrition staff, and uh, and and just um, you know, sh- kind of going from a, a a young man to a young adult right before everybody's eyes. Jay.
3: Yeah, and Matthew that talked about uh, throughout camp, and Coach Saban has brought this up in many meetings that uh, it, that he's unblockable at times. Uh, that, that he just makes it so tough. And again, uh, interior lineman. Yeah, it's pressure up the middle when it comes to throwing, trying to collapse the pocket, putting pressure right in the quarterback's face. But more importantly in the run game, it's about taking on those double teams we talked about yesterday, and uh, with him and and, and with uh, DJ Dell as well. That you know you want to take on the double teams to allow you those linebackers Henry Jalen Moody, to be able to run and make plays and get to the ball.
5: Yeah, and and he is uh, he, he's down about uh, one hundred and thirty pounds. Since he got to Alabama, and uh, and just uh, it's pretty incredible, and I I think he is going to uh, play a significant role up front um and uh you know DJ Dale the senior defensive lineman and I still can't believe he's a senior it seems like it was 5 minutes ago when he was just <laughs> signed as a as a as a, a top recruit mm-hmm. but um but I think DJ Dale he he is uh, he said a lot of great things about him and just the hard work that he's put in and and uh yeah the the future is definitely very very bright for this young man
6: well get back to the corners i I had a very similar thought about when I saw him on the depth chart. I went, that should be on the other side, you know, mm-hmm. just like you said. Uh, because those are your names. I mean, Ricks is being predicted, what, a top ten? Top uh, ten pick, uh, and, and a, preseason All-American. It doesn't seem like he'd be an oar. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably, Nick's sending a message in that direction, too. But I think he's there's no some, question some back of back injuries. Yeah, some little bit
3: of back injury As just a, kind of held him back in, in, in the camp. So I think that's been probably the biggest thing but you know and I heard somebody uh, earlier today talking about you know that's an area of concern for Alabama is, is the secondary I, I would say that they've got a lot of depth a lot of athletes a lot of great players and especially at the safety position I mean you're, you're as, as, as far as old and depth and guys that have a lot of experience and great leadership with Jordan Battle and uh, Brian Branch as well I think this could be a really good secondary for Nick Saban uh, with Kool-Aid McKinstry getting the the amount of t- playing time he got last year and the t- type of experience he got as well. Uh, talking about uh, the NFL, I know we got to get to our, our next guest. We'll talk more about this with Roger Hoover, get his take on Alabama. Utah State coming up uh, this weekend again at 6.30 on the SEC Network. But, uh, again, three days to go. But uh, every NFL team yesterday cut their rosters down to 53 players. Out of the 32 teams, 28 teams in the NFL still have at least one Crimson Tide player. Among the players who have new NFL homes, Tony Brown with the Colts, Josh Job with the Eagles. But uh, So that's pretty interesting. 28 teams out of 32 have at least one Crimson Tide player in the NFL good stuff there all right let's take a quick break we'll come back and uh, we got Roger Hoover going to join us here coming up after Roger we got uh, Brando Tim Brando will be with us at 1230 Chris Stewart at 145 and coach Brian Vince is going to be with us at 115 today as well we'll talk about UAB's matchup and their game coming up tomorrow night at Protective Stadium stay with us we're live from AVX
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show. Our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com
0: slash Panda for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash Panda. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and not as humid this afternoon, the high 91. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 64. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 92. Friday, partially sunny. The chance of a few scattered showers or storms by afternoon, the high 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: in, and uh, we have him on every single Wednesday. Always great to have him on, Roger Hoover, with CTSN, Crimson Tide Sports Network. and uh, He's had a few sit-downs this week with some of the players, Bryce Young being one of those, and getting ready for this Utah State-Alabama matchup, 6.30 p.m. at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You can watch it on the SEC Network and listen to it on CTSN as well. Roger Hoover, good afternoon. I hope you're doing well. Game week. We finally made it, guys. How's everyone doing? Man, doing well, and uh, gosh, I know it. it's hard to believe the off season flew by, and uh, hearing some of the uh, interview from Coach Saban and Chris Stewart was really good, and you had a chance to sit down with Bryce Young this week as well. Is that right? And uh, give us little details about that sit-down.
7: Yeah, we had one-on-one conversations with uh, quarterback Bryce Young as well as linebacker Will Anderson Jr. for our Thursday and Tuesday and the Thursday afternoon show, Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR and CTSN Facebook page at 2 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays all throughout uh, the football season. So uh, really good one-on-one conversations with those guys, just hearing about their excitement to begin the season. And I think the excitement to start the season at home, something Alabama hasn't done since 2011, and they certainly uh, took careful notes of what they saw from Utah State this past Saturday against UConn, and there's just a lot of excitement for those guys to get to begin the season. We saw a smile on Will Anderson's face in the uh, interview that we did as well as when he met with the media. That's something we didn't see in the team pictures, so that was kind of funny to talk about with him as well.
5: Roger, what was your number one takeaway from uh, sitting down with Bryce Young? uh he's
7: just very poised and ready for the moment and i think we saw that all throughout last season but there were some unknowns still with that going into the last year uh into that Miami game but now we know what he can do uh, winning the Heisman trophy you look at all the marks he was able to set uh for the Crimson Tide offensively that we hadn't seen from a quarterback season ago a single season marks with uh, all the yards he was able to throw throw for it's 4,873 and, and then uh, 47 touchdowns compared to only seven interceptions I mean we know what he can do for this offense we know what he's talked about all offseason long as being a leader and bringing his wide receivers along bringing his offensive line and running backs and tight ends making sure everybody is on the same page and uh, he gushed when he talked about Alabama's receiving court getting ready for the season specifically uh, the emergence of Kobe Prentice and what he's been able to do to earn what it looks to be a starting opportunity uh Coming up this Saturday, so uh, all in all, I was just really impressed with the poise that he continues to show leading this football team. He not only talks the talk, he walks the walk as
6: well. Roger Hoover, Crimson Tide Sports Network. You hear him here, and you will hear him all day Saturday. Roger, did he have any specifics about Jameer Gibbs?
7: Uh, just he's very fast and he's going to be uh, extremely elusive, whether that's running with the football or coming out of the backfield and being a target for him. I think we're going to see Alabama use the running back in the passing game uh, a lot more than they did a season ago, maybe kind of getting back to the role that Najee Harris played so well during his Alabama career. So uh, everyone we talk about Jameer Gibbs, you just talk about speed and I think we're really going to see that this Saturday.
3: Yeah, and staying with that, uh, the three transfers on that opposite side of the ball that are going to make huge statements early on, Uh, Steen at the left tackle, you got Jermaine Burton at X, and then Jameer, as you just talked about, at running back. Talk about just building chemistry with those guys. Did you get a a chance to talk to him about that as far as in the throwing game, also your left tackle protecting your backside, just how those guys are going to implement into this offense very quickly?
7: Yeah, Bryce talked a lot about the work he was able to do, specifically the skilled position players during 7-on-7, seven seven. and he said they logged in a lot of hours this summer, uh, making sure that they built that chemistry. You know, there's so much you can do in the spring and on the practice field, but really that 7-on-7 seven seven work is where a lot of that chemistry takes hold, and he really likes what he saw from Jermaine Burton as well as getting Jameer Gibbs involved, and then uh, everybody has been really praising the effort of Tyler Steen. With what he's been able to do, uh, left tackle specifically, is a very hard job to win uh, when you're just getting used to this style of play and getting used to more physicality on the other side of the ball than what Tyler Steen was uh, facing when he was in practice at Vanderbilt. It's a much different story when you're going up against Will Anderson Jr. Uh, every day and then some of the outstanding defensive ends and linemen that Alabama face as well. So I think that speaks volumes for the kind of player that Tyler Steen is and everyone's praised his leadership as well as his playmaking ability at left tackle.
5: And in speaking with Will Anderson, kind of the same question about Bryce Young, what, what was the takeaway? And then, Roger, just sort of looking at the X's and O's of this defense and the emergence of uh, Dallas Turner last year. What, how do you see Will Anderson being used this year as compared to last year? Is there going to be any difference, uh, than, uh, again, than what we saw last season?
7: I think we know, once again, that teams are going to game plan against Will Anderson Jr. as much as possible. Now, that still led to him having a tremendous season for the Crimson Tide. When you look at all the sacks and all the tackles for a loss, you know, 34 that he was able to have a season ago. So, I, I think teams, you know, going into last season, they knew what Will Anderson could do as a freshman in 2020 when he was a freshman All-American and lit up some teams. So, they tried their best to game plan against him, but then you saw the emergence especially as the year went along of Dallas Turner on the other side. And you're like, wait a second, we can't have the weak side being this weak against a player like Dallas Turner. So uh, I think it makes Alabama extremely dangerous. And then, you know, in the middle, uh, we're seeing Chris Braswell, Henry Toto do their job uh, at the middle linebacker spot. So, I think teams are going to have a tough time trying to figure out, okay, which poison do we pick? And a lot of teams, again, picked the Dallas-Turner poison. And uh, it still made uh, Will Anderson Jr. very dangerous. And even when they did everything they could to stop Will Anderson Jr., they couldn't stop him. He was still finding his way into the backfield. So he has a lot of confidence in his fellow linebackers. That was one of the things he mentioned in our conversation. And he just likes how aggressive everybody is being to the football right now. And then the other thing he talked about was leadership. You heard him be very vocal at times last year saying that, he didn't always feel like football was the most important thing and that uh, he had to really step up as a leader at times last season. Right now, he said, everybody is doing their job. The focus is where it needs to be across this football team. It sounds like he, uh, will he as well as uh, Bryce Young and then Henry so have been really three key voices for this Crimson Tide football team all throughout uh, fall camp, making sure they know that football is a top priority and Utah State not priority it's not texas in week two it's not texas AM and looming on october 8th or any of the rivalry matchups down the road it's all about the process of these guys and i think they embody what coach saban wants in the process as well as anyone he's ever had
6: roger hoover our guest on the jay barker show the crimson tide sports network uh both of these gentlemen uh, have been interviewed time and time again uh on the local level on the national level obviously they're very comfortable in that situation but are they funny? Uh, do you read personality <laughs> in it? Do, do they say, hey, hey Roger, uh, why don't you get a new car or whatever? You know, do, is it is it fun to interview these guys?
7: Well, I do need a new car, first of all, I'm going back and forth between Birmingham and Tuscaloosa. <laughs> but uh, Will uh, Anderson, specifically his smile and just the energy he had when we started our conversation uh, really stood out to me because he was kind of all business. Uh The last time I had a one-on-one conversation with him at SEC Media Days, it was kind of near the end of all the interviews he was doing in Atlanta back in mid-July but he was bursting with energy saying you know I woke up with a smile on my face this morning knowing the game week series like and I feel like the game is already here so uh, his energy was really infectious on Monday when we had that uh, conversation and the same can be said for Bryce Young but you know these guys are going to be all business once it's time for Saturday but they're again two great representatives of this Alabama football program and everything you could want into uh, leaders and ambassadors for this
3: team. You could get an NIL deal, just just add to your name. Just could be Roger Hoover Toyota. And then you'd be ready to go.
7: <laughs> hey, I am accepting all offers right now. Go on to Hoover That's great. Dot com, and we'll set it up.
3: <laughs> Roger Hoover joining us from CTSN. Coach Saban since the end of the last year at the very end of that game or right, a press conference against Georgia when they uh, lost the national championship he brought up the fact that you know talking about playing winning football he preached that through the spring through the summer and now all through fall camp talking about depth and guys behind the number one guys being ready to play because we saw some guys weren't ready to play in that national championship game and even some in the games before talk about that and just kind of how he's really emphasized that part of this team this year
7: I think the accountability is there from this group knowing that, you know, you saw it on a large scale in that fourth quarter against Georgia, as you mentioned, the national championship game where all of a sudden Alabama's depth was tested once you go out. Once Jameson Williams goes out with injury, even before that with John Mechie uh, having to exit the SEC championship game, and some players weren't ready to go for their opportunity. And I think he's been stressing all throughout fall camp, and as you mentioned in spring practice as well, like your number can be called anytime. time. And I think even this fall camp we've seen – some really young players step up like a Kobe Prentice on the wide receiving core, like Jaheem Otis in terms of the defensive lineman. doesn't matter if you're a true freshman. If you're able to put in the work and put yourself in position to play right away, you will get some playing time. We're going to see that coming up this Saturday. So I think that sends a strong message to everybody on this football team. It doesn't matter what your accolades were coming out of high school, if you're a talented transfer, even if you've had success wearing the Crimson jersey before, you've got to bring it every day in practice to be ready to go for the games and it seems like that hunger really is there amongst this team going into week one that maybe we didn't see as much of a season ago when you're coming off a national championship. And yes, it was the first time playing for a lot of these guys, but I think they appreciated a lot more this season, specifically through all the adversity of losing to Georgia in the national championship game a season ago, having to see that participation trophy, that second place trophy that they've kind of made up in the team dining room every time. They have to eat, they have to look <laughs> at that. Uh, I think that's a huge motivating factor. Uh, They'd much rather see that nice, shiny uh, college football playoff trophy (laughs) coming up this season if Alabama is able to win its fourth one of those this year. So uh, the motivation seems to be there. And again, all of what Coach Saban likes to have in the process, this team seems to be feeding off that so far in fall camp. Now we just have to feed on the field uh, this Saturday
3: against Utah State. It is game week, three days away. Utah State-Alabama against 630 at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You can watch it on the SEC Network, and you can also listen to Roger Hoover on CTSN. Roger, thank you.
7: Thank you, guys. Look Thanks, forward brother. to talking about this game coming up next week and then uh, getting ready for the trip to Texas. should be fun, but thank you for having me on.
3: All right, brother, you too. Timmy yeah. B coming up next. Tim Brando will join us as he does each week as well. We'll talk to him about uh, some of the big matchups coming up this weekend in Alabama-Utah State as well. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. We'll be back.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in
8: seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU.
3: Men who are really
8: looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit viturohealth.com. Hi,
3: S J Barker for AVX Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audio-visual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Built by Seables and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebles and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800 448 1962 That's 800 448 1962 And just for listening, go to Siebelscottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code, available only to our listeners. For a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood are
4: online at Siebel'scottage.com. letter O
3: joining us here in just a little bit uh tim brando is going to be joining us once we get him up and uh, they're gonna let me know once they have him on and uh, went to the voicemail there but uh, we'll get tim's thoughts on the alabama crimson tide I-, I thought it was interesting uh guys i was listening uh when, or when i think you asked him about uh, bryce there early on lars and he brought up the stats 4,872 yards last year 47 touchdowns and seven interceptions now i had more yards in four years but not in, in that year <laughs> 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 I mean that's close yeah, to what I did. Uh, in four years, much less in one year, and touchdowns as well, and uh, unbelievable stats.
5: And 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 again, like if you go back and just look at the the, the tape from last year, um, it's almost like you didn't really appreciate it. At least I didn't appreciate it at the time. Just how accurate Bryce Young was, especially under pressure with guys right in his face, because we know. And Nick Saban has said this: like, last year's team, it was an imperfect team, and one of the imperfections was the offensive line, and uh, they gave up, uh, you know, uh, some significant pressures, and uh, and yet uh, Bryce was able to stick in there and and keep his eyes down the field, and and hey, I, I've never played quarterback in the NFL, Jay, but to me, that seems like one of the uh, necessary characteristics to really succeed at the next level is the ability to keep your eyes trained down the field when you got some really big, mean dudes coming after you
3: trying to rip your head off. Yeah, the calmness in the pocket, Matt, is unbelievable. We talk about his ability to extend plays, the way he moves around, gets to the outside, and then he's not looking to where, you know, not even looking down to to find out where the line of scrimmage is. He just has a great feel for that. And then his peripheral vision and, and just seeing guys come open, uh, it's really just been what's been astounding to watch.
6: Jay, I've been wanting to ask you this, and now's the perfect time as we wait. Tim Brando. We all see what he does, but you see different. Um, what are his athletic attributes? And we've just talked to uh, some of them, but go into greater detail. Um, just as an athlete, as a quarterback, uh, what puts him above everybody else? Yeah, I
3: think it's just his demeanor, how calm he is. Whether it's uh, through a great play or through a, through a tough play or a bad play, uh, which he doesn't have many, uh, he can he can just you know move on, and he just stays so uh, just under the pressure and everything else that's coming at him. He doesn't let it rattle him, and I think that's probably one of his biggest attributes physically. Uh, He can run. We haven't seen a ton of that, but he can run. In high school, he put up big yards uh, ran for a lot of touchdowns, uh, became more of a, you know, even a probably more pocket passer in college, which is smart based on, you know, the hits that you might take and preparing himself for the next level as well, but also being able to extend plays like that. We're going to get some big explosive plays down the field or some of the antics we've seen where him pitching the ball, tossing it to the side to the running backs or other players. Um, his movement in the pocket keeps his feet low to the ground, just kind of slides through and, uh, and just stays very rhythmic. And then his throwing motion. Uh, he can throw from every angle. I mean, that's an important part of what you got to do now, especially with RPOs and other things to be able to duck your arm underneath, uh, linebackers that are rushing or defensive ends, especially for him at his height, but also he can get the ball up high. So if he needs to, he can get the ball up to where he's kind of like drew breeze can have a high release. And then he's like mahomes He can throw it from anywhere else kind of around him. Uh, He's just a super athlete and, and just so smooth not a very big physical guy uh if you look at him you would be like wow this guy's the quarterback at alabama and he puts up these kinds of numbers but he's just he knows how to play within himself uh he, he's very careful with the football he got to cut down on the sacks this year a lot of that was his office line last year not so much him as far as trying to extend those plays but 47 touchdowns seven interceptions that's an unbelievable ratio for your first
6: year starting
5: yeah, I mean it, it is just uh, off the charts good, and I, I, I know the only ex-
6: Joe, only your man
5: had better numbers, right? Yeah, but that was in his basically fifth year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, good point. <laughs> but um, I, I, by the way, I, I know Tim Brando's traveling today, and he's at Atlanta Hartsfield right now on a layover. And sometimes when you're in those Delta lounges, when you're in those <laughs> Delta lounges, you just don't get uh, re- very good cell reception and uh tim uh, i guess those
6: of us that haven't been in the delta (laughs) lounge we wouldn't know that he wanted to come (laughs) on
5: yesterday but he wanted to come on yesterday but uh he had i think four different interviews with coaches because he's calling two different games this year but uh just sticking with television for a second yesterday was the 15th year anniversary of the launch of the big 10 network and uh I, I, I watch a good bit of the Big Ten Network, and, and I, I think it's right there with the SEC Network when it comes to uh, content, uh, talent. And, uh, and, and Matt, I, I don't know how much you've been able to see of the Big Ten Network over the years, but uh, cool. it, it, it certainly seems that, uh, at least to me, again, it, it wildly successful, making a ton of money. And it's the Big Ten. In the. It's just
6: one more thing that the Big Ten and the SEC do better than every other conference. And to, to be very honest with you, I, I think that the the Big Ten kind of patterned. Uh, the SEC oh, was absolutely. just so wildly successful. Now, what I haven't seen from the Big Ten is their peripheral programming. You know, like the SEC now. I'm assuming they have a Big Ten now, and they yeah. have really solid anchors there. Uh, because, you know, if you're a freak about it, it's important to be able to watch those shows. And what I like about the SEC network is that they also do shows on the non-Olympic sports. Yes. You know, that, that, the Olympic sports, actually, is the way I should put it. But uh, I, I don't know if you guys had a chance, speaking of the Big Ten network, to see this story I caught just part of, that Fox and now ESPN, did you see, are now negotiating for rights in 2024 with Big Ten? Did it? Did, guys, did y'all see? Did I misread I did, that? I did, not. 12, did I, I dream it? it? <laughs> I think it's Big Twelve. It's a Big, 12? Okay. Big Twelve. Okay. Well, that makes yeah. a whole lot more sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Because you know they've they've already got the the deal, right? Yeah. Big Ten with the NBC and Fox. Yeah. A, a, yeah. A billion dollar deal. Okay.
5: Um, yeah, and, uh, and look, there's already uh, – and this is really big news, and this is being talked about all over the country that uh, – so the Big 12, they opened media rights negotiations ahead of schedule. And so what this really means, and this does impact the SEC directly, is that uh, it, it certainly looks like it's going to uh, mean an early exit from the Big 12 for Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC and, uh, and 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 so I, I think this could come as early. Let's see the the Big Twelve contract expires in twenty twenty five, and um, yeah, so I I think let's see the the right now Oklahoma and Texas have they've been steadfast that they are going to stay in the Big Twelve until their current deal. Uh, Uh, expires uh, with Fox before moving to the SEC. But now it's looking like they will move earlier um, uh, when USC and UCLA, uh, when they joined the Big Ten in 2024. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC in 2024. That's my guess. Does that make sense? makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we've all said that all along, that that there's no way that they're going to wait uh, for uh, a couple years before Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12. It's like, you know, being, and I've mentioned this metaphor before, it's like being divorced but living in the same house with your ex-wife for three years. That can't be fun. Ulo. Is it, Matt? No,
6: no I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we've got. Gunny's the
6: one. We got okay, Tim. Go uh, hey,
3: let's, do, let's do this. Let's, let's go ahead and go to break. We'll come back. We'll do a long segment with him, and um, th- that way we'll have more time, and I have to get to a break. Let's go to break now, and we'll come back. Tim Brendo coming up next here live on the Jay Barker Show live from ABX.
2: You're listening to the Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios.
8: Diamonds.
10: If you want to give her the big stuff, you've got to see these diamonds.
8: Ventureendosmond.com, a little tricky to find on McFarland Boulevard between Edgars and local routes.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and not as humid this afternoon, the high 91. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 64. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 92. Friday, partially sunny, the chance of a few scattered showers or storms by afternoon, the high 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: Tim Brando joining us here on the show. It is game week, week one, and week zero last week. And we just also made a couple of those games and uh, also what's going to be happening coming up this weekend again, Utah State, Alabama, and bryant Denny Stadium, 630 start. You can watch that on the SEC Network and also on CTSN, the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Tim, as always, great to have you on. And uh, man, week one is here. Yeah, it sure is. I got to tell you, I'm so excited about my trip. I'm in uh, Atlanta
11: Hartsfield International a.k.a. Purgatory, waiting for my flight <laughs> at 3 o'clock uh, to Indianapolis, and then it'll be on to Bloomington for me. Spencer and I have Indiana and Illinois. And I look good against a, a really good Wyoming team out of the Mountain West last week. Buried them. I mean, beat them bad, which is what, you know, you, if you're Brett Bielema, you want to do before you play a conference game. And then we head up to Wisconsin to see the Badgers on Saturday night, Spencer and I. So... Um, Needless to say, I'm going to have a DVR working on all the other stuff, and I'll be watching it probably Sunday and uh, and Monday to find out what went on everywhere else. But it's it, it's an exciting time, no question.
5: Tim, now that uh, it's finally here, uh, can you just walk us through? And I know you've done this in the past, but I think it'll be good for our our listeners to hear it again. Just w- what is your prep work like? And then also, uh, just your your thoughts in general on uh, your your uh, Final Four. If you've if you've publicly announced your Final Four yet?
11: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did that uh, end of July, start of August, somewhere in there. Uh, you can Google me and find it. I think pretty easily. Um, I have uh, four, three, two, and one. I've got Baylor four. I actually have Utah five. Uh, it was a toss-up for me between those two uh, to get into the four-hole. I, I think that um, it's easy to pick the top three almost every year, and you'll be right at least twice, maybe all three times. You know, any combination of Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, you'll at least get two of those three almost every year. That's why we got to change this thing, and the sooner the better. But um, I do think the fourth position, uh, as Cincinnati proved a year ago, with a little bit of help from. Uh, Uh, the Big 12 when Oklahoma State lost to Baylor in the Big 12 title game. You can squeeze in there if you have a hell of a year, and you don't have to necessarily be a big name to do it. Uh, And and Baylor's not a big name, but they got uh, big-time talent, and they've got returning talent, and so does Utah. Uh, Utah is loaded, and I think the folks down in the swamp are going to find that out. I know they're excited about the start of the Billy Napier era, and, and I like Billy, too. He did a hell of a job in Lafayette. And uh, I did his opener last year at Texas. That was the only game he lost. And uh, he's a hell of a coach. But um, Kyle Whittingham is one of the great coaches in college football, and he's now starting, I think, his 18th year. So uh, they're really good. Um, Those are my four. As far as prep goes, Lars, uh, I, I, I put a tweet out last night that was actually a column that was written in the Sports Broadcast Journal in May of last year and I and I retweeted it because I thought you know I hear from young broadcasters all the time about uh you know how, how do you prepare how do you do what you do and this is pretty much a blueprint of of how how I do it it's it's uh, first and foremost the preparation for me is not as lengthy as you might think because it's not a job uh, it's a way of life so I keep up with college football 365 24/7 but when it comes to specifics about a game and matchups, there's some tedious work there, as it relates to putting together a depth chart. A lot of young guys today can do it by computer. You know, the millennials and the gen, the Gen Zs, they they can they can look at computer and all of automatically um, uh, commit it to memory. I, people my age have to write it down to remember it. So I, I pretty much handwrite most of my work. Uh, I do use some computer information and background um to get those anecdotal pieces that help me when I visit with coaches. But by example, uh on Monday of this past week, uh I loaded up on my boards for both games. Uh worked basically on those boards for twelve hours straight. Uh then yesterday visited with the coaches involved in my second game on Saturday between Wisconsin and and East uh uh <laughs> Illinois State, almost forgot who I am. Uh, Illinois State and Wisconsin. And and uh, because the way you do it when you have games back-to-back is you do the work on the last game first and the first game last because you want to have it in your memory bank. I can do all of the, the work that needs to be done, the background, uh, the depth chart, the conversations with coordinators. I, I have it all on one board, so I don't have any paper flying around. It's all right there, and offense and defense. And then I flip over my chart and you see offense versus defense and anecdotal material on it. And if a coach tells me, I write it down one time and one time only, and it's committed to memory. And uh, once I've done that, uh, I'm done with that game. I don't even think about it. So then I started working on uh, the Illinois game with with Indiana, and uh, today I'm flying into uh, Indianapolis, going to get into Bloomington about about 5 o'clock. I'll go to practice with Spencer in the morning meet with uh, the quarterback for Indiana, who's going to get his first start. Uh, he's a transfer. Uh, we'll go to that practice and meet with him. Then we'll come back with meetings with Tom Allen, the head coach, with two coordinators in the afternoon. And then at about 5 o'clock, we'll go over to Brett Bielema's hotel in Bloomington, and we'll meet with um, his, his coordinators and with Brett. By the way, Barry Lunney, the former Arkansas quarterback, who threw that controversial touchdown pass to J.J. Metters. In 1995, some of your listeners might recall, is now the O.C. for Brett. You know, he was a mm. quarterback's coach at Arkansas, and Brett saw him do a hell of a job at Texas San Antonio last year, and he's hired him as his, his offensive coordinator. But anyway, that, that's the plan uh, between now and then. But, you know, I don't think that you can just begin to do your homework on the week of the game. You, you've got to live college football. You've got to love college football if you're going to deliver a broadcast that's memorable. Uh, I think the problem today, so many games are televised, that uh, there's a lot of great young talent out there. A lot of it is on our network, and and there's some at all the networks. But you also see some games that are poorly done, and the reason for that is there's some young people that are doing the games that are basically studio people, and they don't know how to prepare. And and I think preparation, Mm -hmm. preparation, preparation is the key to success in the art form of play-by-play you cannot just uh go into the booth and begin describing a game and convince the fans that are watching the game that you know as much or more than them you know the the football fans are sophisticated they know the game they know their players they know how the recruiting went and if you show any sign that you just kind of haphazardly walked into their stadium to call a game you'll get lit up and uh you know, you can tell the difference between the people that know how to do it and don't because it's a uh, it's an art form, you know, not everybody can do both studio and play-by-play.
6: Tim Brando can. Hey, Tim, Lars won't answer, answer this question because he doesn't want to hear the answers. Nebraska in <laughs> 90 seconds. Brett Bielema, <laughs> next head coach. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, God.
2: Oh,
11: God. You know, I think you remember that Three uh, Stooges uh, uh, piece. It was a little fifteen-minute deals they used to have at the theaters, and we later watched in the afternoons, mm-hmm. Matt, when we got home from school. Yeah, I remember. You remember? You remember the one with Curly and and how he went nuts when he heard Niagara Falls, step by step, <laughs> inch by inch. Remember that one? Every time <laughs> yeah, I, every time, every time I see that graphic from Steinbaum's uh, show some freezing cold takes on what I said about Scott Frost. I have one of those curly moments.
5: <laughs> That's right. He's going to win multiple national championships, right, Tim?
11: Yeah, yeah,
5: you know, I
11: yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't mind owning my mistakes. Trust me. But it, in today's world, it really doesn't matter. You're still going to hear it whether you own it or not. And God knows, I hear. I heard about it last week. But um, oh, here's the here's the thing with, with uh Scott that I took away from it after watching his presser. You know, he hired an offensive coordinator, Jay, that has autonomy. He wouldn't have come. Whipple would not have come if he had not been in control of the entire offense. So I think what happened to Scott was he decided, Okay, since I'm not calling plays, I'm gonna call for this onsides here. You know, I just have to I have to this. Yeah. Yeah. And he called the wrong play. I think that's exactly what happened. And uh, to his credit, he owned it. He does have some salvation ahead, though. Two games against uh, opponents he should beat. And don't be surprised. Again, I'm going to just say this, and you guys can light me up in freezing cold takes when the game is over, but don't (laughs) be surprised. Don't be surprised if they don't beat Oklahoma at home. Uh, I think Oklahoma... You know, with a first-year coach, this is the right time. You know, they almost beat Oklahoma last
3: year. They did almost Oklahoma. beat them last year. Yeah. Hey, Tim, great to have you on, my man. We, we're going up against a hard break here at the top of the hour. Safe travels. Have a great call this weekend, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us. You got it. All the Thanks, best, Timmy. Thanks, Thank you, Tim. my man. Appreciate it, Timmy B. Timmy, Tim Brando joining us. All right, hour number two is coming up next. Stay with us for live from ABX. white glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's behambroker.com. Sell your car through behambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer.
4: It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There it is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for a high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O.
0: WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day. We should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way.
2: God bless you and Roll Tide. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
3: Hi, welcome in to hour number two here on this Wednesday edition, hump day edition. Of the Jay Barker Show with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. Whether it's coworkers, family, or friends, you'll love Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. A lot to get into. It is game week. We're three days away from Alabama, Utah State, coming up at 6 30 in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Also, you can watch it on the SEC network, and we'll continue to break that down. UAB tomorrow night as well. Their game. we got Coach Bryant. Vincent going to be joining us, the interim coach, but head coach of the UAB Blazers. And last year, the office coordinator, who actually be calling plays. Talked to him this morning. About that. So he'll still be making the calls on that office side of the football. A lot of preparation for him coming into his first time as a head coach for the UAB Blazers. Uh, really fantastic guy. Uh, also coming up a bit later on, 145, we've got uh, the voice now of the Alabama Crimson Tides stepping in for Eli Gold right now. Hopefully Eli will continue to pray for him. We'll be back at some point uh, during the season. But Chris Stewart will join us and uh, talk about uh, his call coming up with this Utah State game on Saturday night. But guys, I've got to go back to Lars real quick. What do you think about that prediction? Nebraska beating Oklahoma.
5: I like it. I like it a lot. Um, look, if, if Oklahoma's going to be had, this is the year. Uh, new coach, a uh, lot of new players, new starting quarterback, new system, uh, games in Lincoln, biggest game in Memorial Stadium uh, in a decade. Uh, wow. And this is it for Scott Frost. This is it. This is it. This is his last chance.
6: Win, win or lose.
5: He's got Maybe to win.
6: Loses. He He's out. Yeah. A-
5: yeah. He may be out October uh, 2nd, you know, after his uh, his um, buyout drops by a bunch of millions uh, from the last day of September to the first day of October. Uh, so everything's on the line. No, I, I heard and, the, 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 uh, he we signed an
3: extension seat. yesterday, didn't he, Lawrence? They sounded three years extension,
5: right.
4: with him. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I had you there for one second. Maybe yeah. In a second. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Tim was right in line with what I've been saying about uh, Scott Frost just couldn't help himself, right? He, he's not making decisions anymore on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, he just had to insert his uh, opinion his propensity to call something strange and aggressive and weird uh, with that onside kick up 28, 17 and uh, everything went downhill from there. But okay, let's uh, let's, let's uh, reset here, Jay, and, and focus on Alabama, Utah state. And, and so you, Utah state, uh, they beat UConn in week zero, 31, 20. Uh, Certainly UConn is no powerhouse. Um, but I'm curious, Jay. What are a few things? And also, you, Matt. But let's start with Jay. Uh, what few things are you looking for out of Alabama? Uh, the Aggies, Utah State. They did rush for 245 against UConn. Nine different players carried the ball, and uh, they have a really good running back in uh, Nathan Carter. He rushed for 190 yards. And so, I'm not saying this is going to be a test for the Alabama rush defense, but I'm curious to see how that defensive front uh, holds up against uh, what appears to be on paper a, a, a decent rushing attack. And, and I guess I'm also interested in, in, in the receiving core, uh, interested in uh, the offensive line. And I want to see the new guys too. I want to see uh, Tyler Harrell. Uh, you if, will, yeah. And I want to see Eli Ricks, if it, you know. Uh, and I want to see Gibbs and and uh, those things. But but Jay, from your perspective, what what are you going to be looking at?
3: Yeah, I go back to Tyler, Tyler Harrell real quick. I'm, I'm not sure how much. We'll see if him. I know he's still been struggling with a little bit uh, banged up, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll get. He's going to be a speedster. I mean, they're talking about that guy can absolutely fly. Take the top uh, top off of covers, push back the uh, Sages as well in the run game. Worried about him getting over the top and play action pass. Um, and going back to them, you brought out 245 yards uh, against uh, UConn, uh, averaged over six yards per carry against the Aggies. Um, Calvin Tyler, I think that's right, yeah, the quarterback. Our running backs are ran for 161 yards, and Logan Bond, the quarterback, was 20 of 29. The offense cranked up 542 total yards, so put up some big numbers against UConn, Utah State did so they could score. I uh, was actually Harrison. Now we're talking about it this week, just about how uh, their offense and how good they are, and that you know you can't take a team like this lightly. It Looks like the weather's going to be really nice on Saturday as well. I think what 82, I think is the high uh, coming up on Saturday. We're going to get a little cool front come through, and it's supposed to be sunshine. And I think it's going to start raining again what Sunday, but uh, hopefully the rain will hold off, and it'll be a great night in brighton any stadium a lot cooler than probably they thought they might have and that would have been an advantage for alabama with utah uh, coming in with the heat and the practice that they've gone through but uh, i'm like you i look for, look forward to seeing how jameer gibbs how does he perform uh really you know the offensive of line as a whole t- uh i think tyler steam you'll everybody been watching him as the new guy at that left tackle position and then jermaine burton kind of how does he fit into the role how does the, uh apprentice uh kobe Prentice? Uh, the freshman from Calera that's had such a great fall camp. How can he step up and, and the plays that he's made? He's made a lot of explosive plays during practice and during the scrimmages. I think they have a lot of expectations for him. Cooley uh, McKinstry in the return game as well as Jameer Gibbs uh, when it comes to kickoff returns. And uh, I think Ja'Cory Brooks thinks solid, that he's going to get some work at that as well. Um, and, and really just defensively, how does Henry Toa Toa this year, I mean, how much better does he play? I think last year, early on, we talked about it, that he was thinking a lot and overrunning plays at times. I think he's probably settled in, as he did last year, even more, and being able to make those calls, get things you know, out quickly. they got a lot of leadership on that team. And the other thing, too, is how do they use Braswell? They've talked about him and saying that he's such a great rusher when you've got a guy like Will Anderson and uh, Dallas Turner on both sides. How do you implement him into a system or in some plays, and will they even show that against Utah State? Uh, We'll see. But uh, just being able to shut that run game down, apply pressure to the quarterback, and uh, maybe Alabama hopefully will come away with a big win and be up by a bunch coming to halftime.
6: You know, you guys – We're all guilty, I think, and rightfully so, of talking about how good um, the edge rushers are with with Dallas Turner and and Will Anderson. But you just mentioned uh, Henry Toa Toa, and then Moody is at the other inside linebacker. Uh, I maintain going in on paper and then on the field, this may be one of Alabama's best-ever linebacker cores. Yeah. Uh, We don't talk about the inside guys enough, but those guys are stoppers. And we mentioned this in break that
5: uh, – Drew, uh, Drew Sanders, Drew Sanders. Go would, over that. I found that Drew very Sanders. Uh, Nick Saban mentioned that if Drew Sanders had stayed at Alabama, Jay, he would be starting right now, most likely. And uh, I don't know if he just got bad advice or maybe he just wanted to go to Arkansas play for your Razorbacks. Uh, Is it? Is it Nick going?
6: Told you. <laughs> I don't is, know. Is he kind of going? I, I think
5: he was asked directly about it. Yeah. I can't believe he just would have this no he uh, ex- must have been you're this right this brought it up but uh i found that a very interesting comment didn't you matt well and
6: how much deeper would be a linebacker if he just stayed yeah but uh i haven't read anything out of faithful but i'm assuming he's starting yes <laughs> you yeah. would most definitely think that a guy with his talent i don't know if he was mis- misdirected wasn't. sometimes it's just not a good fit i don't know but oh wow uh Something's going on in here. I think there's another dog in the house, but uh, that may not be the case. But Jay, react to that. Could this be one of, if not Alabama's most talented starting forward linebacker?
3: Yeah, I think I think actually the defense is going to be one of the best that Saban's had, and I I know everybody's you know kind of last year was talking about that, and with Henry Toto adding in to that linebacker crew, um, Drew Sanders left because he he realized it's going to take more time. He wanted to get on the field last year. You know, he wanted to. Be able to play and, and do the things that he, he's a very talented player. And, uh, you know, I, I think for him, um, the only thing that he might regret is just not getting the national championship rings that uh, these guys uh, hopefully are going to end up with after this year. But, you know, they, they're very good. Jalen Moody's been around for a long time. He's got a lot of experience. I mean, if you had Christian Harris back, it may be the best defense uh, or one of the best. I mean, he's had, you know, one or two that have been really, really good uh, in his 15 year tenure at Alabama. But, these guys, they got a lot of a lot of experience in the backfield now, with Jordan Battle and Brian Branch. We brought up earlier, and um, you know, look, Eli Ricks. he gets healthy with his back, he's going to become a big time player as well. With the Kool Aid on one side, him on the other, and right now, you know, Jackson, and the other guys that'll be uh, kind of filling in at or playing that corner position. But a lot of depth there, a lot of talent. So it's going to be fun to watch. All right, we got Brian Vincent coming up. Coach Brian Vincent will be joining us uh, on the other side. UAB football coming up tomorrow night at Protective Stadium. We'll tell you more about it on the other side.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show. not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different.
0: Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and not as humid this afternoon. The high 91. Clear and very pleasant tonight. The low 64. Tomorrow mostly sunny with a high at 92. Friday partially sunny. The chance of a few scattered showers or storms by afternoon. The high 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: say coach Bryant uh and Vincent at the very end so coach always <laughs> great to have you on thanks for being with us and uh, man are you excited for week one I am I'm very excited uh anxious ready to get it going I think this
12: team is prepared well and you know ready to play somebody different
3: oh no doubt about it and, and t- just talk about going into this game I mean you're now the interim head coach you're also the offensive of coordinator you'll be calling plays we were talking about that earlier and just the preparation, how different it is now for you than what it's been over the last few years,
12: you know it just being the offense coordinator the last couple of years, obviously that's a you know that's a time demanding full time job without a doubt, and then when you add the head coach, you know now you're in charge of the program, and you're running all the different aspects you know of a Division one college program, so the biggest thing man is just time management time management and you've gotta manage your time, you've got to be efficient in everything you do. There's not a lot of time to be, you know, talking about the weather or or whatever else (laughs) is going on in the world. Meeting, meeting, to meeting, to meeting, to meeting. meeting. Get here a little bit earlier, stay a little bit later because to call a game, it's 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 not. You're not just calling plays; you're calling the system, and you're on and you're attacking the defensive system that they have on that other side. And it's not a one play, two plays; it's a course of a game that you're that you're planning out the flow and how you're going to set it up. So, you know, it is very it's more time demanding, but that's okay. I, you know, I can handle it. We can handle it. We're going to be just fine, but um, enjoy it, too. You know, embrace it and enjoy it.
5: Coach, uh, last week you named Dylan Hopkins your starting quarterback. Last year, Dylan went 7-3 and three as the starter when he took over for uh, Tyler Johnston. Uh, just give us a little bit about the development of Dylan uh, since last season and what your expectations are for him.
12: I think the biggest thing, you know, this is going on year four with Dylan being here at UAB. Got him as a true freshman, all the way up to where he's at going into his junior season. Is I think he's more, he's calmer, he's more, he's poised. And Jay knows this. You cannot buy experience. You just can't do it. You got to go out there and do it. And you, and if you followed us last year. And you saw each game he got a little bit calmer, a little bit more confident because he got used to the speed of the game. And as the season went, those last couple games, probably the last five games, he was starting to play at a really high level, making good decisions. He was top ten in the country in accuracy and efficiency. So I think then when you see him came out, he missed spring because of his shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder. Then he comes out throughout the summer. And through fall camp, he's just got a great grasp on what we're doing. He can see defenses. He can read defenses a lot quicker now. He understands all of our protections, how to keep us in good place in our run game and our play-action protection game. And I've just seen him really grow as a man and as a player. And it's, it's exciting. You know, it really is because it takes time to be good at the quarterback position. Jake, tell you, it just, you don't just walk out there because you can throw a ball and be ready to play.
6: Coach, uh, two areas I think you would be very interested in watching uh, tomorrow night, and that's wide receivers. You don't have a lot of returning yardage there, uh, so you're obviously going to look to you know put some depth there. Uh, and then up front, I didn't realize this. You lost three starters on your D line, but you got three more coming in. JUCO. Are those two areas? I'm, I don't want to say of concern of, of observation for tomorrow night.
12: I think if you talk about our receivers first. This is, in my opinion, the deepest best receiver core that we've had here. You don't have a lot of production coming back because what people don't understand, you know, Garrett Prince at the tight end position was was a huge receiverish tight end in our offense. Trey's back, Shrop's back, who led the nation in yards per catch, but Tijon Palmer got here in July. He played in a junior college championship game at Snow College. He, you know, had to get a field. And then as the season, he had five catches against BYU in a bowl game. He's had a phenomenal spring summer. TJ Jones, the same way we got him last summer from Penn State. Same deal. He got comfortable as the season went, had a great spring summer. You've got Ryan Davis back, Flip Rudolph back. You know, you've got Fred Ferrier and Jordan Palmer who we redshirted, and that was the plan. And we were super excited about signing them too. And we just said, hey, we're going to develop them." But Fred Ferrier has is, is got a chance to be one of the best to ever come through here. And Jordan Palmer, 6'4", 200 red redshirt freshman. And then you added Dexter Boykin as a grad transfer. He's from Birmingham, played at UNA. He was their, their leading receiver up there. So I think we're really solid, and we've got depth. You go to the D-line position, we lost some really good players. You know, we lost Justin Thomas. You know, we lost Alex Wright. We lost Rio Stanley. So then you go to Michael Fairbanks and and Fish McWilliams, who's been in this program going on four years, and they're solid and they're steady and they've improved their game and they're the best they've been. You go to Isaiah Forte, who's been hurt a little bit throughout his career. He's healthy, and he looks the best he's been. And then you go to Kevin Penn, Kelly Sanders, Kyle Harrell, and then you add Drew Tuazuma. Who's six five two seventy five? You add Tyreek Howard, who's six six three sixty, and then you add Joker Gill, who's six five two eighty. So you add those three dudes in the mix. Um, I think we we will develop and continue to get better. They're not made yet, you know. They've had a fall camp with us, those other three new guys, but they've progressed and grown. And I think we'll only get better as the season goes. And we want to be playing our best football in November, and that's when it counts.
3: Coach Brian Vincent, our guest uh, head coach, Yobie Blazers, coming up tomorrow night at Protective Life or Protective Stadium, and uh, against Alabama a Tell us a little bit about Alabama A&M from your perspective. Just some things that you might uh, say, you know, that could cause some, some issues for you on offense or defense, or just about their team and, and what they bring to the table.
12: You know, if you just talk about them defensively, last year, really the last two years, they based out of a four down front. Their 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 front line, their first string, is big and long. And their linebackers are speedy, like 5'10", 5'11", 200-pound guys. They're back end. They want to play. They're going to basically, for the most part, play two coverages is what they did last year. They're going to play a lot of cover three, zone coverage, and a lot of man free. Their favorite blitzes are nickel fire and corner fire, uh, gut X. So they're going to bring pressure on you. If they feel, if you start moving the ball on you last year, their philosophy was they were going to start heating you up. And when you get down inside the low red, that's when they were going to play man coverage, and even possibly bring some zero. So we've got to be prepared and be ready for pressure. You know, their two their favorite pressures from last year. Obviously, it's game one. We ain't seen them. They've got 38 transfers. Offensively, they've always been a spread team that likes to RPO and throw quick. They've got some really good receivers on their on their team this year they've got an all-american back they've got a slot that can absolutely fly um number two their quarterback you know who's was there the last four years graduated was one of their all-time leading players in a&m so the question mark for us is who's going to play quarterback you know i know they're rotating two guys but which two are they and who's going to start so i think that in the special teams game, they're solid. They're going to pressure you. They went four for four in fake punts. We got to be alert of onside kicks and fake punts in this game. Um, and, and biggest thing is just we've got to get the call in quick defensively. Be able to line up, adjust to what we're seeing, and see see what their what their plan is coming out early. You know, because right now we don't know.
5: Coach, last time we saw you on the field. Uh, UAB beat, uh, number 13 BYU in the Independence Bowl 31-28 and what was, uh, arguably the biggest win in school history. Is there any carryover? Did you see any carryover from that, the momentum from that? I'm, I'm always curious because it, you hear analysts talk about, oh, it's so important to win this game, this final game of the season, because that will propel you through the offseason. Is, uh, is there truth to that, or is that just sort of reporters uh, trying to, I don't know, use up uh, oxygen and, and describing <laughs> why a bowl game is important?
12: I think it's very important, and I think it's true. I think it sets the foundation for your next team going into the off season. You know, we beat Marshall in twenty twenty in the championship. You just that you had that feeling that entire off season. You had that momentum in that entire off season. Um, beating BYU was a huge shot in the arm for us, for our program, for our university. I felt like our players carried that, and, and, and there was a strength of confidence. That came with that. I remember in, in nineteen, we got beat by FAU in the conference championship game, and then we went and played App State in the New Orleans Bowl, and we lost. You know, the championship, we lost the bowl game, and it it, it we didn't like that. It wasn't the right feeling. That um, you just kind of kind of twisted where hey, that's we're never going to let that happen again mentality, instead of hey, we can accomplish this. We did. It's a feel good going in. Let's build upon it. But I think it does matter, and it does help the morale going into the off
6: season, Coach, you may have addressed this and, and did to a certain extent at the very top of this interview when you said time management. But is there anything else that going from OC to, as I love that Wimp used to say this, you go from making the suggestions to making decisions, and that is a big leap. Uh, what are other than time management? Some of the things that you found, maybe not a wow moment, but you just you, you kind of go, okay, yeah, I got to remember to do that.
12: Well, I think Darren Henshaw, my offensive coordinator and coaching the quarterbacks, is going to be in the box. You know, something, and I've got, like you said, I've got to manage the game. I've got to make in-game decisions that are crucial. You know, that could determine the outcome of the game. So, in between series, I'm not going to be able to go to the offensive benches you know i'm going to be i've got to be locked in on the game so jackson holiday who played for me um at quarterback position has been a ga a student assistant and a ga he's going to be in charge of communicating with coach henshaw to the quarterback in between series and then they'll send the quarterbacks to me so i can still continue to manage the game is something you know that we're prepared for and we've worked through and really that's really about it. The main main thing is the game management that that has to be a focus. On top of calling the plays,
3: coach. Good luck tomorrow night. I think go we're Blazers. all going to be there. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, big win over Alabama and M. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, coach. Absolutely, Jay. Appreciate you having me on. And go Blazers. Go Blazers. All right, uh, that's Coach Brian Vincent joining us and uh, what great uh, stuff he always has to say about you know, his team, his players, the guys around him, and uh, I know Bill Clark is going to be missed, uh, but, uh, man, that guy right there is filling it in very well for those players and for the fans. Hopefully a big win for them coming up against A&M, Alabama A&M, that is, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, right there Protective Stadium, to so get down and watch your UAB Blazers. All right, we'll be back. And uh, coming up at 145, Chris Stewart's is going to join us from the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We'll get his take on filling in for Eli and um, we'll see, uh, kind of get his thoughts on this Utah State Bama matchup at 6.30 inside Bryant stadium on Saturday night and also on the SEC Network. We'll be back.
9: and wellness. I wellness. 205-909-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Wilfer and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life.
3: Two, six, nine. Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel's dot com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on the Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel's
4: letter O.
3: We brought it up earlier and uh, probably one of the great stats in the NFL right now is that, uh, that the 32 teams, 28 teams in the NFL have at least one Alabama player on their roster after the 53-man roster cut down yesterday. I saw a lot of teams, too, that to let all their quarterbacks go besides their starter and uh, looking to make some adjustments and bring those guys back but trying to keep guys on the roster uh, for, the last, uh, for the very last second, I guess. I don't know if it's trade things that they're willing to do or other things, but I found that pretty interesting. Also, uh, glad to see Brian Robinson getting, being able to come out of the hospital and uh, being released, and now we'll see whether or not he can make it back. They put him on that four-game window uh, that he'll be out and uh, maybe he'll be back. Uh, this a uh, bullet to his glute and also his lower one of his lower extremities, and um, whether or not he can recover from that quick enough to be back in that the uh, length of time, we'll just have to sit back and wait and see. Hey, we got Chris Stewart coming up at 1:45, uh, and uh, look forward to hearing him talk about the call for the game this weekend for Alabama, Utah State guys. I got to get your thoughts on Live Golf, um, a uh, tour, uh, DP World Tour has said that uh, they cannot wear any live logos. I don't know if you guys saw that story or not, but the DP World Tour has asked the live golfers scheduled to compete in next month's BMW PGA Championship to refrain from wearing live uh, big logos in their clothes, according to an email sent to the players from DP World Tour CEO Keith Pelley on Tuesday. Now, my understanding is in their contracts, they uh, are supposed to have uh, their logo, their live golf logos uh, on them in all tournaments. So uh, nearly 20 live golf players, including, Uh, Answer and Na and Gooch and Reed and Poulter, Westwood, and Sergio Garcia listed in the field for the BMW PGA Championship, which has an $8 million purse. Lars, your thoughts on this?
5: Well, back on August 18th, the Wall Street Journal reported that uh, all the live contracts include a stipulation that its players must wear live golf branded clothing while competing on other circuits. Right? So... I, I I don't know. It, it's just, uh, this is just a mess. Uh, I, I, I have two golfers uh, at, at Alabama in, in one of my classes, and uh, we were talking about the Live Tour. And is this ultimately, Matt, and this is what we were talking about in class yesterday, is this ultimately good for golf, the fact that we are talking about it so much, here we are at the start of the college football season, and uh, you know it's excitement and it's it's great. This is sort of our this is our time, and yet
6: we're still talking about live golf. Well, I think live golf recognizes the fact that they can't impose that particular rule on these valuable players, so it's best to just let this fight live to another day. But. I think at first it really elevated your your visual of golf worldwide. Now I'm kind of getting tired of it. You know, um, let's drop this stuff and watch them play golf. And it's a very exciting time of the year with golf. Yeah, and I it just is. Uh,
5: it is. I just I just wish all the guys were competing in the same events every week. <laughs> I well, just don't know if there's enough space, Jay. I, don't, I just don't know if there is enough space and enough interest in golf around the United States. To sustain this, uh, they have two separate tours, and I and I know that uh, that that basically all everybody can play in the majors except for the PGA. I think that's correct uh, because the the, uh, the other three are not PGA sanctioned events. But I I don't know. Live has has so much money. It, it's like. I guess it can be sustained on the on the monetary side, but will the live tour get enough fan interest, Jay, to be sustained over the long haul?
3: Yeah, it's funny how the PGA and then fighting back against this and some of the comments they've made, whether it be the head of the PGA or some of the PGA golfers themselves, uh, when you talk about McIlroy and Tiger Woods and, and others that are – prominent and when they talk people listen and they get quotes out there and they've done nothing but help promote live golf in a sense by just talking about them uh you know i I think things like this is just going to keep keep putting it out there so if they mean if they want live to go away then quit talking about it just play golf and let these guys go do what they got to do you know as far as sustaining it i don't i don't know if if you know the pga tour yeah they want to get the tv rights and all that kind of stuff live golf's got a ton of money I mean, they're they're coming they're coming forward or they want to be a player in, in the space. The good thing about it is those guys that you're talking to that are golfers in Alabama, they're gonna get more shots. If there's more tournaments being played, there's more opportunities for young golfers right now and more spots for them to fill.
5: Oh, absolutely. They're all for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You your guys create, from create,
6: one your guys' from fifty to one fifty are are elated by all this, I would think. One of my concerns is that some of these young golfers that maybe have won a tournament, you know, and or finished high uh but they're still like 25 and and they see this this shiny thing in front of them and they take a really nice financial deal to go play on the live tour well guess what right now you can't come back yeah you're you're um uh doc crossing the line in field of dreams a doc you can't come back
5: so that's gonna have to be modified uh over time i think i Uh, think the pga tour is gonna have to change their stance on that i hope
6: they don't personally
5: But, yeah. Um, Guys, I I just have two quick notes I wanted to hit on. One, uh, Alex Leatherwood, uh, uh, one year after being drafted uh, number 17 overall by the Raiders, Uh, Offensive lineman for Alabama, who's just a stud at Alabama. Uh, He was released. He was waived uh, in a bit of a surprise. But Alex has struggled in the NFL. And Jay, I don't know if you've paid attention too much to Alex uh, with his time at the Raiders, but man, you saw it just from the very initial uh, his initial start in the regular season uh, in 2021 that uh, he was having difficulty. But the Bears claimed him. And so maybe a change of scenery will be good for Alex Leatherwood. Um, just Jay, any any quick thoughts on 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 Leatherwood and 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 how difficult is it? I I know you have uh, friends and 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 other other uh, just people you know who have made the transition from offensive line in college to being a high level offensive line player in the NFL. What is what is so difficult about that? Because I thought Alex Leatherwood was can't miss guy is going to have a great uh, ten twelve year career with the Raiders.
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, Alex. Uh, you're going against Will Anderson or Dallas Turner every weekend. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, even though you want to ask guys like that in practice. But, you know, the pro level, it's the speed of it, that outside athleticism that those guys got, it's just unbelievable. It can cause, uh, really really can be tough if you don't have great footwork, great fundamentals, if you're still not getting coached very well. A lot of guys at the NFL level, you just don't get coached up as much. They, they pretty much get you wh- where you are, and it's your job to work on your fundamentals. Um, the other thing, I mean, 17th overall pick kind of shows that uh, the new regime has no... Uh, worries about letting guys go, uh, as we saw with, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. with Henry Ruggs. He, he, he's gone. I mean, but Josh Jacobs is gone uh, as well. I mean, th- there's a number of guys that um, just they, they've just said we're not going to stay loyal to it. We're going to build our own program, and that was pretty pretty shocking to see a 17th overall pick last year uh, get released uh, from a team like that. So, uh, without a trade or something like that uh, for him, as far as his value. All right, we're going to come back. Chris Stewart's coming up next. Look forward to talking to him and uh, talking about his call coming up on Saturday night at Brian Denny Stadium, 630, and also on the SEC Network. You can hear Chris on CTSN. We'll be back.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show. Live.
0: All of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details tide 100.9 tuscaloosa weather mostly sunny and not as humid this afternoon the high 91 clear and very pleasant tonight the low 64 tomorrow mostly sunny with a high at 92 friday partially sunny the chance of a few scattered showers or storms by afternoon the high 88 i'm james spain on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 90 degrees in tuscaloosa
3: Hi, right, welcome back in, and uh, we got Chris Stewart, the uh, voice of the Crimson Tide, uh, coming up uh, this weekend against Utah State at 6:30 on the SEC Network and on CTSN is where you'll hear him. And uh, Chris, always great to have you on. Thanks for being with us. And uh, I know this is a little bit of a uh, you know I know you're you're bittersweet, I guess, moment. I guess you might could say with Eli being out. But uh, man, welcome on. And uh, I know you, you got to be excited though about week one. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I Chris is busy. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Let's try to get him back uh and let me know Let's when, he's, when he's back on. <laughs> he's probably driving through a yeah. uh, bad um, area or something. All right. <laughs> I
5: did uh I did have one more note that I wanted to to bring up Jay and uh, I'll try to get this in really quick before we get Chris back but Saturday will be Nick Saban's 96 game coaching a team ranked number 1 in the AP poll. The next most Bobby Bowden at 45, Woody wow. Hayes at 45, Pete Carroll <clears throat> 33, Tom Osborne 33 and Frank Leahy the former Notre Dame coach from many years ago at 32. So Nick Saban now has coached more uh, uh, games at rank number one in the AP poll. or Sorry, twice as many, more than twice as many as the second-place coaches, and that would be Bobby Bowden and Woody, Hay- Woody Hayes. And that's just one wow. more stat that reflects how Nick Saban is the greatest of all time. And I'm sure uh, – Gosh, we get, if we got Brad Edwards on here, he, he could just list about a 1,000 of these uh, stats, stats yeah. Matt. But, no doubt
3: uh, about it. It, Hi, it, really,
5: it. It's just mind-blowing. Oh, go ahead.
3: Hey, Chris go. Chris is up now. Let's get him back on. And Chris, I asked the question, talking about it. I know it's bittersweet this weekend, but it's game game week. It's game one, and you'll be the one yeah. making the call. Just t- talk about that, and mm-hmm. give us any updates on Eli, if you have any.
10: Yeah, I don't have an update on, on him, uh, Jay. I wish I could give you one, but uh, – it, you said it right. It is bittersweet because it's the opportunity of a of a lifetime, my career. I, I grew up in, in the Birmingham area just like you did and uh, listened to, to John Forney, listened to Paul Kennedy, listened to Eli since he started in 1988 and having gotten to work with him and become friends with him over the years. Um, I can't celebrate the opportunity given the circumstances. I will just simply say I am grateful that if my services are needed, that I'm the one they did ask to fill in, and hopefully it won't be very long.
5: Chris, your personal story is uh, just uh, amazing, uplifting. And uh, and, and if you go all the way back to the early morning hours of April sixteenth, 2018, and that's kind of when you realize that something was going on with your own health or really your wife Christy did, did you ever think you could you would be in this position that you are right now, uh, about ready to uh, uh, be the voice of Alabama Crimson football here on Saturday?
10: Well, it is amazing, and, and you're right. The stroke was four and a half months ago in my sleep where I was basically the last person to know that that's what had happened uh, because there was about a 12-hour window from when I went to bed until – I regained consciousness again and was told what had happened. But even more recently, it was right at three years ago, I was back in the hospital. i had had bypass surgery on August 12th of 2019. It was a success, but I developed an infection somewhere along the way and and was back in on August 28th, uh, two weeks later. I have no recollection of that, nor anything over the course of a full month during that time where I was in a coma. And, um, I had all of my organs shut down and my uh, my family frankly was called in and, and told he's probably not going to make it. To go from that to almost three years to the day later I'm going to have a chance to sit in that chair and, and do that job is is beyond a blessing. I'm thankful that I'm even alive let alone that I'm getting an opportunity to, uh, to do the play-by-play. It's, it's, frankly the only program that I've ever really wanted to do that for, and, and many times as a child I dreamt of that, but mostly as an adult didn't think it would ever come about. So, again, while I, I'm, I'm not – it's not my job. I'm simply a placeholder, uh, but I'm grateful that I am capable of doing it and grateful that I'd be given the opportunity.
6: Here, um, here to both. Chris, does uh, Nick give you or did he give Eli any more access to practice and numbers and information because you are going to call the game?
10: There will be a chance to, to be at practice at times during the year. I'm not going to tell you I've done that yet because I haven't. I did go to the scrimmage this uh, not last weekend but the weekend before and had a chance to, to see that and, and get a chance to – as you know, Matt, so important to be able to put eyes on players to identify immediately without having to look at a spotting chart or a roster. That that helps tremendously in getting a feel for for what the new guys look like, specifically a Jameer Gibbs running the football and catching it out of the backfield. So that's a big help. Uh, and there will be times where I will take advantage of that access opportunity, but it was it was not something I felt like I needed beyond the scrimmage
3: for the first one. Chris to our guest from CTSN. Now, you did this before back in 2020. Is that right, when Eli had COVID? I think you, you filled in for him yeah, at that particular time. Yeah, it was. you yeah. did.
10: The Arkansas game. The Arkansas game in Fayetteville, he had COVID. And John Parker and I called the game from Tuscaloosa yeah. because they wouldn't let us travel at that time.
3: And that, that broke a streak of what for Eli?
10: I think it was 409 was the yeah. number of consecutive games. He would never missed one since he started in 1988. So. Incredible run.
3: What's the difference in calling baseball, basketball, and football?
10: You know, I think the the most common thing, and it applies whether you're there or like I was just talking about being in Tuscaloosa while the game's taking place in in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you say what you see. And in, in football, score time down in distance. In basketball, uh, score time, ball position. You know, baseball, count, batter, uh, number of outs, base runner score, all of those things are, are common and to me the most important. Because now when you watch the game on television, if you're sitting in a restaurant or a sports bar and you've got the sound down on the TV with the graphics, you can still see everything that I just talked about. I'm not going to say the announcers aren't important because they are, but it's not the same. You can see those things by and large with your own eyes. Radio's different. You know, satellite radio, you've you probably got a score, uh, a graphic that may have a score on there that that's different from, from what it used to be with radio. But most of the time, you don't know what's going on until we tell you. And that's why I say it's different when working with analysts on a radio broadcast. I go, please don't think that I'm telling you my job is more important than yours. Because it's not, but you have to let me set things up or what you say has no context as the analyst. So it's different in that regard. And, um, it's part of why we love it. And Matt knows this. The medium of radio is still so special, especially for a play by play guy, because you are required to paint the entire picture mm-hmm. and more is required of you than on the TV side.
3: Well, Chris, good luck this weekend, man. And uh, we hope you have a great call. We hope uh, Eli is uh, getting healthy and we'll be back soon. But enjoy the moment. I, I know you've uh, you dreamed of this, lived for this, and congratulations. And you are capable. And I know you have a fun, great time with John Parker on Saturday night. Thank you, Thank
10: you, Jake. Have a great Thank time, you guys. Chris. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, brother.
3: Bye. Chris Stewart joining us. He is uh, play-by-play. Coming up, uh, filling in for Eli in game one for Alabama-Utah State. And the Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, 6.30 is the kickoff. You'll hear it on CTSN with Chris. Also on the SCC Network. So, good stuff. Guys, uh, great show and uh, some great guests today. We had Tim Brando on. We had Coach Brian Vincent getting ready for the game tomorrow night. At UAB and Alabama AM down at Protective Stadium and uh, also Roger Hoover from CTSN joining us earlier in the show. You guys have a great uh, afternoon, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the Y'all Thursday did. edition. Of Jay Barker Show, live from AVX.